Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish, Jalen Hurst. I'm going to get right into it. No need of trying to drag my feet about this. Jalen Hurst, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, the runner-up in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, if I'm correct. This man... Mr. Hurst has done things that not many people expected Mr. Hurst to do, including the man behind the mic tonight before the midnight hour. Jalen Hurst was offered a huge deal of which he will stay with the Philadelphia Eagles for the next five years for $255 million, of which $179 million of that is guaranteed money. Congratulations goes out to Mr. Jalen Hurst. And you know, the narrative all week is the fact that he did it the right way. Now, I don't know if there's a wrong way or right way when you're talking about negotiating somebody's money, but I want to believe that for what Jalen Hurst has received, a lot of it came from perseverance. A lot of it came from just shutting your mouth and not saying a word about what you know was wrong, how things were handled, how you might have been exploited as a second round pick coming out of Oklahoma. I think Doug Peterson had an understanding of what he had in Jalen Hurts. Although it's the Eagles that thought differently and said, we want to ride Carson Wentz as long as we could. Interesting enough, they benched Carson Wentz some time ago prior to picking up Jalen Hurst or around the time they picked up Jalen Hurst and he was sitting on the bench. And they chose to bench him because they thought as though he was not the best option to win that game so many years ago, roughly three seasons ago. Now, I'm saying all this to make the point that for what perseverance Jalen Hurst had to put up with to get him to this point now, he's receiving a mega multi-million dollar deal with the Eagles. It is persevering, but this is discipline at the highest level. What do you mean by that, Commission? You have to be disciplined to understand what your road is like, to understand what's in front of you to understand what adversity means, to know the opposition, to know what's placed in front of you, to understand it's not supposed to be for you, but maybe for somebody else. Maybe there's a lot of naysayers that didn't think that you can do it. And so you disciplined yourself to say, I know what I'm capable of doing. I'm confident in the way that I play the sport, and I know well enough to know what I can do to make a name for myself. Now, whether Jalen Hurst had this influence from his family, preferably his father. I believe his father coached him so many years ago. Whether it came from that, whether it came from his time in Alabama before he decided to go to Oklahoma because he got snubbed by Tua Tungavailoa, he understood it took time to understand it's not about you. It's not about Jalen Hurts, even though it is. Even though you're that good. He knew how good he was. Everybody knew how good he was. He was good enough to go to Alabama. But see, the thing is, if Jalen Hurst comes off too brash, if he comes off too cocky, if he shows too much swag, this is a different Jalen Hurst we're talking about. Maybe we'll put him in the same light as other quarterbacks that are self-absorbed and, 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 and very cocky in today's sport. 
but that's not Jalen Hurts. He has a cool demeanor. One reporter said he was impressed in the way he handled the situation when he was snubbed in Alabama, and he decided to go to Oklahoma. Now, he didn't win a championship in Oklahoma. No, he didn't win a Heisman Trophy. Probably should have. But it all makes the person, it makes the character of who he is today. It's all a culmination of that. Who knows what he went through in high school? Who knows what his childhood upbringing was like? Who's to say if he's the youngest of 10 kids? Maybe he had to understand you had to earn your keep when you could. You had to make do when you could. Maybe there was a lifelong lesson that he developed when he got into college. Who's to say? But it made him who he is today. It's the reason why he got the money he got today. Of course he's deserving of that money. This man was the runner-up for MVP this past season. And I was the one that poo-pooed on the idea of winning MVP, but I did all that early in the season. I thought it was too soon. I did this around week two. I remember when I said all this stuff, don't try to downplay the commission. I know what I did. I know what I said. I didn't say he was bad. I wasn't favoring him because he was playing against a team that my team doesn't like. There's no admiration for the Philadelphia Eagles in this household. Care less. Now, I'm not going to be mean-spirited. I wouldn't wish no ill will on Jalen Hurst. But every time that guy played against Washington, I was like, my gosh, what can they do? And then Monday night came around. And that might have been the one night that the Philadelphia Eagles were caught sleeping. That Monday night game that the Eagles were favored to win by 10 or 12 points. It got snuffed. They got smacked. They got choked. <laughs> they got shellacked. It, it was such an aberration to see what Washington could do at this point against a team like Philly that was undefeated. But see, this is where I'm talking about when we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and how they identify with greatness. Because only Jalen Hurst was able to throw for over 3,000 yards and run for 500 yards this past season. Only Jalen Hurst was able to rush for 18 touchdowns, which 15 of those touchdowns during the regular season. It's only Jalen Hurst to be in this position to be granted that kind of money in a losing effort in the Super Bowl. Because if it's any other quarterback, call Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, whoever else it might have been in the Super Bowl at the time and lost outside of maybe Tom Brady. They're not looking at the same amount of money. This is the perfect storm for Jalen because of the fact he's young, because he's on a team that can win, and he's playing with guys that can respect who he is as a player. It's about respect. When it's all said and done, the discipline you have is, is, is rewarded with the respect that you get from your teammates, from your coaching staff. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jalen doesn't deserve the money. I don't think that would be right. I don't think it justifies what he's done this past season. Is it too soon? Maybe. I mean, was Dan Marino getting this much money after he went to the Super Bowl? I can't. I can't think of that. However, I know Dan, I know Dan Marino didn't rush no 18 touchdowns. But I think there lies my point when you're talking about Mr. Hurts. It's the fact that he did it the right way. He did it where he didn't come off 
cocky. He didn't come off arrogant. He let time develop. He let his game develop. He let his fundamentals develop. The poise, the composure that comes with being Jalen Hurst had to develop. He understood what he was up against. He understood what these teams were looking for. Mind you, he was not a first-round pick. Four other quarterbacks were drafted before he was in the second round in 2020. And it really makes you see how he had to go through adversity for practically all of his football career to put himself in the position he's in. And it comes with everything else that goes with Jalen Hurts. Very disciplined, very quiet. Relatively quiet. He may not be the quietest guy, but I can tell you one thing. There's a lot of people that can like that can like him, admire him, respect him, love him maybe. Ladies love me, girls adore me, even all the ones that don't know me. Like I, I, I you know, I'm just saying. I've heard enough from the ladies to say how uh, attractive he is. Okay, that's fine. I guess quarterbacks will always be attractive. <laughs> I don't know if it goes hand to hand or what. But it just adds more flair. It adds more character to who Jalen Hurts really is. And this man may not have to say anything else. But like I said, the teammates adore him. Coaches adore him. The organization. I'm sure Harry Roseman himself adores him. This is what this is where we are. This is this, this is who he is as a person never mind a quarterback never mind a football player as a person perhaps we need to see more of that in the nfl not to say that it doesn't exist but we know what's going on with lamar jackson we see things how things are manifesting with aaron Rodgers, and it makes you wonder if these guys had an ounce of what jalen hurst has is this a different story this is a different narrative would lamar have his money if he had stuck with an agent Jalen Hurst has an agent. I think he has an agency of women that helped him out with this. Kudos to them. Shout out to the ladies. You know how to handle the football business. Because when it's all said and done, it's about what, ladies and gentlemen? Repeat after me. The business. It's more than just your identity. It's more than just your reputation. It's still about the nature of the business in the NFL. There's just certain things that the NFL wants to keep traditionally intact. We don't care if you decide not to have an agent. We really don't, but you're not gonna get the money you want. I don't care who you're outside of maybe Aaron Rodgers. You're not gonna get the money that you want. I don't care how great of a season you have. I don't care if you're MVP. There's just levels to this. And what Jalen Hurst has understood in the last three seasons of being in the NFL is that there are levels to this. Just take your time. Be patient. Do what you've been doing. Go out there and play ball. Do a great job. Who saved his parents didn't say that to him? Somebody had to have. That's what he did. And he went to the Super Bowl. I would like to see, and I say this, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say this as, as, as I can, gritting my teeth. I'm going to say that Jalen Hurst may see some more Super Bowls in his future. You, if you're a fan, you want to. Fan of the Washington Commanders, you don't want to see that happen. You don't want to see this guy win a division every time. 
The commission don't. But I got to call a spade a spade. He's deserving of it. He gives you that same aura as a Patrick Mahomes. The same essence as a Patrick Mahomes on a good team with a decent coach. He's no comparison to Andy Reid. Shout out to Andy Reid. But there's potential in what this Eagles team could do now that they have their man at quarterback. So says the commission. You are listening to the Kneel Down podcast. It was very hard for me to talk about, <laughs> about this guy. I don't know why. I mean, I do know. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to keep a straight face. I don't want to talk more about Jalen Hurst. The guy plays in my division. The last thing I want to see is other teams benefiting off these talented players. But Washington still has to try to get their act together. <laughs> but Jalen Hurts still becomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And he just happens to play in the NFC East. The same division, every, just about everybody was belittling. Hyperbole or not, it's still the fact that people cannot respect what the NFC East produces. And now they produce one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Shout out again goes out to Jalen Hurst. Kudos to you. Congratulations, dude. You got to do my brother. I understand the struggle is real. I know somebody told me that the other day. The struggle is real. And so I'm looking at other struggles. But before I go into that struggle or those struggles, the commission is going to give you the remaining, remaining picks of the first round. I gave you picks one through five last week. I'm going to give you picks six through ten as we come close. We are less than a week away from the NFL draft that kicks off this upcoming Thursday on the 27th of April. And I have my last five picks for the first 10 picks in the first round. I'll give you those picks in just a second, but I want to just go off to the left just a little bit and talk about two things. First thing I want to talk about is Tua Tungavailoa. Shout out to him. Had a sensational season last season. Outside of the concussions he suffered, the Miami Dolphins decided to pick up Tua Tungavailoa's fifth-year option. So now he'll be a quarterback with that team for at least two seasons, considering they decide to franchise tag him next season. Not this upcoming season, but the following season. They picked up his options, fifth-year option. Congratulations to him. Now, I don't know how much he'll get for the time that he's there. It'll probably be a basic salary. Maybe not basic. It ain't going to be a lot of money because he's not franchised. But he contemplated retirement. He thought heavily about retiring. Now, who's to say if his wife, his family did not say maybe it's time to retire? Agent, maybe? But it does something to a person if you're concussed more than once within a matter of months. See, we don't look at it from that aspect because the idea of getting concussed may happen once every five years. I mean, you may never get concussed if you're not playing a sport, if you're not playing football, if you're not playing basketball, the case may be. The chance of you being concussed would be a very small number, slim to none. I can honestly say that I don't think I've been concussed once. And if I if I was, I don't remember it. <laughs> Bad joke. Uh, it, it, you know, with Tua Tungvalu and where he is and where he is mentally as a quarterback in the NFL, 
lot can be expected from him. But this shouldn't be. I don't think we can expect so much from Tua this upcoming season. It'd be fair, it'd be unfair to him if you're expecting something heavy, something high. If you're, if you're expecting this guy to win a, a, a division or maybe go out there and go into the playoffs, whatever the case may be, I don't know. I just don't know what value you have for a person like Tua after three concussions, multiple concussions in the same season. It'd be like if you were to bang up your car, a car you probably love to death. You love this car to death. You've been in an accident once before, bing, and then all of a sudden you got to get that fixed. Then maybe within a matter of a month or two, another accident, bing, and then that one may be more significant than the last accident, and then you get another, bing, 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 and then before long, the car that you had doesn't look the same as it did when you first purchased it. It becomes a shell of itself. You wonder how long it can last before you realize this car is just no good. It has depreciated to the point where I don't think it's worth having anymore. Thus, if we're talking about Tua Tonga Vailoa, it's the same rules. The same rules apply. This guy has been dinged up too many times to think that if we invest more into this, then maybe we can get some more mileage out of him. That's probably the best best analogy I can give you, the best reference I can give you, because this is what we're talking about now with Tua. Three years in, and this guy's had multiple concussions. I do blame the Miami Dolphins for a few of those concussions, because whether that was warranted, whether they did what was necessary medically to make sure that he was covered and cleared to play some more football, you failed to acknowledge that and do what was best for the sake of him. Now this has become a situation that won't go away. It's perpetual. It's it's become more of a situation that if he plays more football, he stands the risks of being in another accident or suffering from another concussion. Where does that put him long-term as a football player, as a person? What good could he be at 40 if for some reason he can't remember which shoe to put on his foot? left shoe, right shoe, if he can't remember the directions of getting to the store. This is what the concern is. So you pick up his fifth-year option. Great. Maybe that fifth-year option option comes with clauses. Maybe he won't play the full season. Maybe he'll play half the season. But if you're going to pick up his fifth-year option, the idea would be that he's going to be ready for week one. Will he be ready for week one? Will he be ready for the full duration of the season? They extended it now to 17 games. So you mean to tell me he won't be concussed anymore? Are you going to build up that offensive line so this man is not touchable? Because, I mean, I've seen it for years in New England and what they did with Tom Brady. That man was hardly ever touched. Can they do the same thing? Can they emulate what New England has done with Tom Brady for what Miami can do with Tua Tungavailoa? Leads the question. I commend the Dolphins for taking this step, for taking a leap of faith on a man that you know has been depreciated. But I believe he deserves that chance of just proving to himself, never mind everybody else, just proving to himself that he's worthy of being the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. Of course, I am the commission. I'm going to talk about a few more things before I talk about the draft order. I know that we're talking a lot about the NFL draft. It's only a few minutes away. Well, I'm sorry. 
It's only a few days away from the draft. And there's a number of teams that want to trade up. Do you want to trade up if you know what you're looking for may not be the best fit for your team? I'm going to say that again because I don't think people understand the question. Do you want to trade up if what you're looking for may not be best for the team? We don't know offhand these guys that you're trading up for is worthy of being on the team that can help this team improve. We're taking a chance, as I've said before, a leap of faith to see to it that if this guy comes to us, that we have the right chemistry in place we have the right people in place that can motivate this player to be successful and thus the team as a whole becomes successful there has been rumors that teams want to trade up with Arizona Las Vegas, Houston at a shot for what could be a quarterback or a defensive player I mean, that's really what it comes down. No one's trading up for a wide receiver. No one's trading up for a running back. We're trading up for a chance at one of those quarterbacks. The quarterbacks, just they're starting to look shinier and shinier. Something about the way C.J. Stroud now looks. Like a shiny new corn. Bryce Young. I, I, I can't see anybody trading up to get Bryce Young. I'm not saying it's a possible. It's an impossibility. It's a possibility, but no one's getting past Carolina. For Carolina to go from number one and then to drop to number two or number three, that's unfathomable. But there are teams out there knocking on these doors, calling relentlessly, feverishly, hoping that somebody would pick up and say, yeah, you know what? We'll take you off. But because we see where things are right now in the draft order, I don't see that happening. However, I did get word from what I've heard on television that the Houston Texans, shout out to them, may not be looking at a quarterback in the first round. Oh, excuse me. They may not be looking for a quarterback in the first pick for the team. They have the second overall pick in the draft, but they may not go with a quarterback. Why not? The team does need a quarterback, and the team needs a fairly talented quarterback, and I am not discounting Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or anybody coming out in the draft. Why not go after a quarterback in the in the first pick or second pick overall, I should say? Why not? Why would you want to, I don't know, put on this whole charade that we don't need a quarterback? Are you serious? You only won three games last season. So you're proud of the fact that you're on the up? You're proud that maybe this could be the step stool to something bigger and better next season? There's a reason why you traded for so many picks with Deshaun Watson. This is what this is all about right now. You got to have that quarterback ready. Why wait till past the second overall pick to go for a quarterback later? You think you could really mold a quarterback into a team, into a quarterback that can help your team win? Now, it's not knocking D'Amico Ryan's head coach of the Texans for what he's trying to do. I know he is a defensive savvy uh, coach. I mean, he played linebacker for the 49ers. So it's it's relative that that's what he's 
probably thinking on, but he could do that in the second uh, the second pick he has in the first round. I think he, I think uh, the if I'm correct, the Texans have the 12th pick in the draft. So even if you don't want the quarterback, I understand you can get him the 12th overall, but why not put that money? into something that you know you want for long term. Defensive linemen are not long term. You could trade them away after a few years. That's usually what happens. That second overall pick should be in a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud while you're there. What's the chances you're going to be there again next season? Who's to say you're going to be the second overall pick? You could be the 12th overall pick. You could be the sixth overall pick trying to get a quarterback. And then you got to trade up again and spend more money. It makes no sense. Just saying. Just saying. And sometimes I don't understand the logic. Sometimes it's just to get the fans and people like us riled up. Maybe it's just so that the commentators, the journalists, analysts, broadcasters, podcasters alike, can find something else to talk about. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm talk about these five picks. Start with number six. Overall, the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft that kicks off on the 27th of April. This, of course, is a mock draft. This is not the legit draft, people. It has not happened. It will happen soon enough. But for the commission, where these teams sit for the Detroit Lions, who had a great year this past season. Number six, I want to think they're going to go with something that they could feel comfortable with. Some sense of security. Something that I guess they can think and feel would fit their fit their team, fit the option, be a good spot for them. And they know the pedigree. They know the background of this guy father played for the Steelers so it makes sense to the commission for Detroit to go after Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State cornerback man 6'2 194 ran a 4'4 in the 40 people think he is the best cornerback in the draft followed by Christian Gonzalez it's a coin toss but I think for Detroit they know a little bit about Joey Porter to say we know Joey Porter Jr could be that cornerback for us on defense. The number seventh pick goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. Shout out to the Raiders fan. I believe they're going to go with the quarterback themselves. I believe they need to go with a quarterback. There's no hesitation in that. Whether they decide to trade up or trade down becomes the biggest question mark because that was what the rumor was past week. So if they decide to stay at seven, Anthony Richardson from Florida. Quarterback makes a lot of sense. This guy's phenomenal. He's huge. This guy's a tank. Did anybody see the combine? Exactly. Man, 6'4", 232 pounds. When you think about that, my first thing that comes to mind is Cam Newton. Maybe a little shorter than Cam, but the same size, roughly, give or take maybe 30 pounds. Roughly the same size. Big frame. This guy was lightning at the combine. Broke records at the combine. Yeah, his completion percentage could be better. Yes, I understand all that. But for Las Vegas and for what they want, doesn't it make sense to go after this guy now while he's available? And I believe the Raiders are going to get a quarterback. And should they get one at seven, it's got to be Anthony Richardson at this point. Number eight goes to Atlanta. 
I have to believe they'll go for the next best cornerback because it's usually the best available to go for. So for the Atlanta Falcons, they'll go after Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon, University of Oregon, 6'2", 200 pounds. Everybody thinks he's the best cornerback coming out of college next to Joey Porter Jr. It's a coin toss. If, if Joey Porter Jr. doesn't go six, he'll go eighth. And the same could be said about Christian Gonzalez. If he's not picked eighth, he'll probably go six. But for Atlanta, that's what they need at this point. Eighth overall. Ninth overall goes to Chicago. Chicago Bears, Monsters of the Midway. And they'll go for Miles Murphy. I believe they'll draft Miles Murphy, defensive end, out of Clemson, 6'5", 275 pounds. Big dude, 4'7". Ran a 4.7 in the 40. Why not invest in something like that? Because that's what Chicago wants. Better on defense. And they'll get more picks down the road. Thanks to Carolina. Number 10 pick goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. As if this team doesn't have enough already, they'll go after an offensive lineman. Offensive tackle from Ohio State. The Ohio State University. Paris Johnson Jr. 6'6", 310. Makes all the sense in the world. You got to protect your franchise quarterback, Jalen Hurts. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I want to thank all those again for listening to my show. means that much to me. I'm running out of time. But those are my 6 to 10 picks for the first 10 picks of the first round of the draft. If you forgot what those first five picks I made, feel free to listen to the podcast the episode prior to this one. I gave you the first five. Don't have enough time to give it to you again. So with that being said, hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Be safe out there, people. Weather's been crazy. Be safe, people. Be safe. Peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. And I'm out.